Sound good? Whoops. But let's just say, yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> That'll be good. I shall be good. Thank you, Valente. I don't mean no harm. I tell people all the time. Good sound man. Because you can be doing all you want, but if it ain't, get, ain't getting out there right. <laughs> yes. Well, you sound. You sound cheesy. That's the one, too. Testing one, two. One, two. Sound good to me? Amen, Paul said. Paul said amen. All right. Sound good to me? I got two clicks on this on this thing. What do you think? About? You think I need to change them out? Yeah. You, well, you know what? Come to think about it, they're not going to last as long because Pastor Davis is using this now. Testing one, two. We, tr- we went that route. We really, yes, we did.
to make decisions. Every day comes with new trials, new challenges, new doors that are open to us, new opportunities, Father. And so we have to ask ourselves, what is our choice? What, what choice are we making? Are we choosing you above everything? Are we choosing other things above you? These are questions we have to ask ourselves, and nobody can answer them but you, but us, Father. Because every day you are choosing us. Every day, Father, you are choosing to draw closer to us. Every day you are choosing to present new opportunities to us. Every day, Father, you are choosing to express your love to us greater than you did on yesterday. Every day, Father, you are choosing to give us a day of exploration and a day that in exploration it's you allowing us to see the wonderful things that you have for us. Every day, Father, you're choosing to show your mercy and your grace to us. Every day, Father, you are choosing to just show us how deep your love is for us. And so we have to ask ourselves, what is our choice? Are we choosing you above our priorities? Are we choosing you above our feelings? Are we choosing you above our families, above our loved ones? Are we choosing you above our own plans and agenda? That's just what we have to ask ourselves. What is our choice today? What is my choice today? What is my choice today? It sounds great to say, I choose you, Father. It sounds great to say it out of our mouth. But do we really believe it in our heart and in our spirit? Are we hungry for you in our spirit? Are we hungry to be transformed in our minds? and our way of thinking and our behavior. Are we choosing that? You've given us the tools that's needed to live an abundant life. Are we choosing to live an abundant life? Are we choosing to live beneath our means as children of God, as, as your man and your woman of God, as your children? Are we choosing to live a life of faith? Or are we choosing to live a life of doubt? 
and unbelief. Every moment, God, we have an opportunity to choose. Every second, we have an opportunity to choose. So help us to choose wisely, Father. Help us, God. I come against every attack of the enemy on the people of God, on the church of God. That it will not snuff out our light. It will not snuff out our joy. It will not snuff out our desire to spread the gospel. We won't water it down or try to compromise your word, Father. But we will dig into your word, learn what it says so that we can properly handle it, properly use it. It's just like having a gun. You said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, even to the pulling down of strongholds. You said that your word is a sword. And so, God, we have to learn how to use our sword. The word is the sword of the spirit. We got to learn how to use it. So teach us how to use your word in this day and time, in our life, in our own personal circumstances. Hallelujah. God, we say thank you. Thank you for the souls that you're saving. Thank you, God, for the overflow that you're bringing into open altar worship center and into the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. For every attack of the enemy has been destroyed. Every curse and every hex that has been placed over open altar worship center by people's mouths has been cut off at the root and everything that the enemy has plucked up. Hallelujah. He's required to plant back the things of God. The things of God shall be planted back into this place. Filling your spirit, a move of your spirit, not just having a service, not just coming together out of formality, but coming together because God, we need an encounter with you. We need to see and to sense and to feel your power. We need a move, a move of your spirit, huh? A move of your spirit, miracle signs and wonders shall go forth in this place. Father, you shall train us up to be your men and women of God. We say thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all you're doing in our life. Thank you for what you're doing in these people. Thank you for what you're doing in Open Altar Worship Center. Thank you for what you're doing through the feedings. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Mm. God, encourage every heart. Lift up every hung down head. Hope in God. Our hope is in you. Not in the external. Our hope is in you. Our trust is in you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father, for waking us up this morning. Let us see another precious day. For every day is precious, more precious than we realize. And we need to take time in our hearts to meditate, to really know where we're at. I know sometimes I'm not always conscious of where I'm at. That's why I have to take time to find out where I'm at in my heart. Because you will test where is our hearts. Where is our heart, God? I know I need that. And I don't want to be so busy that I can be thrown off that I have to come back to myself again. But I know in the midst of it all, you are still there. Hallelujah, the rock that stays steady. Thank you, Father, for that rock that stays steady. I need it, and I need all the saints need it. For you are our shield, our buckler, our wisdom, our help. You are all in all in our time of need. Lord, and we need you today. We all need you, Lord. We're nothing without you, but we're everything in you. Hallelujah. Give me the strength. Give us the strength. Hallelujah. Because we need it. We need it, Lord. We're only as strong as we are in you. Hallelujah. And may we stay there. Hallelujah. Forever, forever. In your loving clutches, in your loving arms. May we stay there. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. It's so glorious to say your name when I need you. It's so refreshing. Hallelujah. Like the deer that panted for the water. You refresh my soul. Hallelujah. And the enemy is after our souls, but so are you, Lord. We must renew our minds in your word. So we would become like Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Because my weakness let me know I need you more and more. I need you more and more. My weakness knows that it needs you because you are my strength in time of need. So let us come boldly to the throne room of grace. No matter how much we think lowly of ourselves, but we can always come to you, our rock, our shield, because you are higher than us. And when we put our faith and trust, and we think of you. Uh, Your cash app at Open Altar um, uh, Worship Center or you can um, text. I always forget that number because they changed the number on us. Um, it's O-A-W-C-V-A to 1888-something. Um, can you put that up for me, Sister Holly? Through the mobile app, please. I do want to be, because giving is, is more for you than it is for us. It's, it's for God to really to uh, begin to do bless some things in your life and when we learn not to be so tied to our money 
Um, God really releases. I, I and I can tell you some. Okay, they, there, there we go. Cash out. There, that's the number right there. Eight three three O A W C to eight three 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 seven three six two seven eight. Y'all got to help me remember that number because I stumble over it every time. It's eight three three. Um. Uh, 833. Okay. All right. I'm going to move on. I don't want to hinder myself. It's got, I know God's got a word. Um, we appreciate Sister Holly back there for working the, the graphics. Amen. Amen. It's not always easy. It's not always easy. I can tell you that much. Um, let me open up in prayer and then we're going to get into the message um, uh, of what I want to talk about on today. Um, I believe that God has a word and it's not just a word for women, but I believe it's a word for men as well. Um, it's a, it, because God's word is able to touch everybody. It's gender specific. Okay. Um, so father, we just praise and we thank you in the name of Jesus. We ask God that, um, you allow for us to just come in to to receive from your word what it is that you would have for us to to gather on today from your word God we believe father that our hearts are open we believe Lord that you are going to pour out your spirit you have already done it in this place and so we ask God that you would just Open up our hearts to receive all that you have for us, Lord. We pray for those who are watching us online that, God, that they will receive also. Receive your wonderful blessings and your wonderful gifts that you have for them as well. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, Our text is going to be coming from um, Acts, the 16th chapter. Acts the 16th chapter. And um, let me uh, tell you one thing. We, we do have every notes that are displayed here in the building. If you go to your app store and look for Faith Life app, um, and I have a code that you can scan for those who are in the building, you will be able to see all of the notes, all of the scriptures, everything that we put up here is called an online bulletin, but it will give you all of our notes so that you can go back and, and look at it um, through the week, okay? So if you're in the building, just see me after service, and I'll show you how to scan the QR code and be able to look at things through the week. But let's turn to Acts uh, 16, uh, starting at verse 13, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation Bible. And it says, On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And this is Paul Silas. Um, uh, it was a couple of other men that were with Paul and Silas. And so here it is. They are going to the riverbank and it says, uh, to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with someone who had gathered there. Verse 14, it says one of them was Lydia. Remember that word. From Thyatira, for Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, and, she, and she's saying, it's saying, as she listened to Paul, to Silas, as he listened to Paul, it says the Lord opened up her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. And the last verse says, she and her household were baptized 
and she asked us to be her guest. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. She was persuasive. She was persuasive. What I wanted to talk about today was God's businesswoman. God's businesswoman. Every last woman is God's businesswoman. There is something that God has placed within you, a talent, an ability, whatever it is, God has placed that in you. And he says, you, I placed that gifting, that talent in you because you are my businesswoman. What does it mean to be a businesswoman? When you're a businesswoman, it means that you are going out into the marketplace, which is the world. And people are able to see and benefit from what God has placed in you. I learned from my sister on this week, Miss Denise, that um, she is a home health care nurse, correct? Correct? Or home health care assistant. So she literally is able to take care of individuals. Miss Esther, the same way. You never know who we come encounter with. I don't have that gifting that they have. My husband calls me the worst nurse. He, I'm just being honest, he is the caretaker. He is the nursing part. I'm being honest. I'm going to tell you, move your foot. You know it feel better. It could be broke, and I'm still telling you to move it. He'll, he'll tell you. And I try to be so comforting, but th- I don't know why I just don't have that gifting. You, know, you understand? I'm not trying to be hard or callous. And I'm asking the Lord to help me. And But God has placed something different inside of me that he hasn't placed in you. And, and likewise, I remember I went into a nursing home when I was younger, and I guess this is where my phobia and my fears came from. I didn't like the way people looked in there, so I ran out. Literally, I ran, I found the closest door and I ran out of there. And I don't think that it was year. Matter of fact, the last time that I visited a uh, a healthcare facility was when um, my father-in-law was in in a healthcare and I was grown. I just couldn't go there. So I don't, you know, I don't have that kind of compassion uh, um, for caring and taking care of the sick. Can you knock me for that? No. But that is your occupation. That is your business. That is is what God has gifted you to do. And and when we look at the world today, there are a lot of women that are are in leadership and in business in 500 Fortune 500 corporations. I'm being I'm just being honest. And it's, it's like, you know, some had to claw their way there. But the point of the matter is, is that they're there. And, and when I was thinking about a businesswoman, a businesswoman doesn't necessarily go after the money. A businesswoman goes after security. A woman wants security. Wherein a man wants the money. Am I right? When, when, we, when we take a job... We, we understand, yes, we want good pay, but we're more so looking for the security. What's your health insurance going to be like? 
You know, what's my vacation going? We look at those things versus how much we get paid. And so as as women and women in society, we're looking for security. And I believe that Lydia, Lydia was looking for security, not necessarily for income. And I'll explain to that uh, later on. Women are very important in today's society. Very important. I, I found a quote by Michelle Obama. It says that no country can ever truly flourish if it stifles the potential of its women and deprives itself of the contributions of half of its citizens. So it's, it's not a male or female thing, but it's the male and the female coming together to work together for one common purpose. I mean, I can, me and Pastor Robert, we're a team. And I can't be effective unless he's effective. And he can't be effective unless I'm effective. And so it takes both of us, male and female, to come, to come together. I was doing some research this week on the heart. And it literally said that a woman's heart beats faster than a man. And it said that the women's blood vessels in her heart is smaller than the man's. So we, God didn't even make us the same. You know, we both, everybody think we got a heart. Okay, a heart. But our heart is comprised differently because God made us different because we all have different roles to fulfill. And I'm still talking about God's businesswoman. Ruth Ginsburg, the late Ruth Ginsburg said, women belong in all places where decisions are being made. It shouldn't be that women are the exception. I'm not male bashing, trust me. You know, my husband will tell me we conversate all the time and he's bouncing things off of me and I'm bouncing things off of him. We went to go see one of our um, neighbors the other day and he had this big old generator in the back and he told Pastor Robert and he, he whispered it before his wife came out he said I should have listened to my wife his wife was telling him not to get it but he wanted to get it anyway and he said I should have listened to my wife because he didn't need a generator it was like a waste of money he said he said how many times is the, is, is the, is the lights really going to go out none not in our neighborhood so it's like we are important to one another and we have a place. And so when we look at our text here, we have to understand what the background is. Okay, in the book of Acts is when the church was growing. This is when Holy Spirit was now on the scene and he was operating and moving through people. He was actually empowering people and furthering the spread of the church. Okay, um, he was allowing the gospel to be preached. And so here we find ourselves in this story, Paul, Silas, Timothy, and sometimes Luke, they were going around visiting different areas, visiting different countries, visiting uh, 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 different, dif different places in order to, to spread the gospel. 
and, and to strengthen those because remember now Jesus is not here any longer and so people you know some people are still grieving and wondering you know okay this was the, the this was a Christ and so it's like you know at back then we have to get our minds out of today and we have to get our minds into that time frame literally people looked at kings you understand what I'm saying they they had to have somebody some figure some some physical figure to worship some figure uh some physical figure to put their hope in and so now jesus is off the scene and so all they and he's the bible remember in Acts chapter 7 he said or jesus said that i'm going away but i'm going to leave you a comforter who will be able to lead you and to guide you into all truth so it's like like now it's like wait a minute you know um i feel something well, what are you feeling? You're feeling the move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's like when you're looking for help, you're looking for somebody tangible. You're looking for somebody physical. And God said, well, no, they're not your help. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But God, I need to see somebody. I need to be able to. T- Y'all ever been there before? You're in a situation you're in and you need to see see somebody or be able to touch someone or be able to grab a hold of someone and to know that your problems is all solved. Well, here we find these people now. They are have the they have the Holy Spirit and the spirit literally is 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 moving and dwelling people. So we find Lydia in this group of individuals. Lydia, as I said, owned her own business. She was self-sufficient. She was self-sufficient. She was a maker of, of, of what you call purple dye. And when I was doing some research on how this dye was made, Lydia was a chemist. Lydia was a chemist. The reason why I say that was because in order to get the purple dye, you had to take and extract the dye from the snails. Some of them said you had to boil the snails. And then when when you extract the dye from the snails, then you had to literally turn it into something useful and profitable. So there was work to be done in order for her to become a businesswoman. What am I saying in this? Sometimes in order for you to move into the blessings of God, there is going to be some work and it's going to be some nasty, dirty work. You going down, listen, they were down by the riverside. They were down by the riverbank. Where do you find snails at? By the riverbank. So that means, oh, I want to sit in a nice, clean office, but you're going to have to get wet sometimes. You're going to have to get dirty sometimes. Can you imagine trying to to get this dye out of the snail and sometimes those shells might cut your hand? It's not clean, but we all want to always see the end product. But here Lydia had to go down into the trenches. And then I looked at it and and looked beyond what the really tech. And she was with some women. So that meant that she had some women that she was training. So who are you training? Who's following you? Who are you pouring into? So she turned this, this dye, this, this, uh, this uh, 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 the snails, the, the, the dye from the snails, she turned it into something profitable. And back then, purple meant royalty. Meant royalty. 
It was it was uncommon. Only the elite of the elite sold and bought the 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 the, the purple cloth that she made. You can liken it to um, I saw a pair of tennis shoes the other day. I think red bottom tennis shoes, a thousand dollars. I don't need a pair of red bottom tennis shoes, but somebody else may be able to afford them. Somebody else may, and I'm not knocking them. Somebody else may like the red bottom tennis shoes. And so get, why do you think they're selling them? Because somebody likes them. Somebody making them. I go and I look at a purse. If it's more than a hundred dollars, I was like, nope, that ain't for me. That's just me. But I, I, I mean, the thing about it is supply and demand. And so there was a demand on what Lydia was making, what God had given Lydia the ability to make. The supply and the, the demand. We have to understand that what God has placed inside of us. There is a demand on that supply that you are to be received, that you are to give out. Supply and demand. Can you supply what God has placed in you? Can you supply uh, the demand that has been placed on you? Can you do it? God has placed it in you. He's placed those things in you. And so we must understand that what's inside of us has to come out. It has to come out. It has to come out of you. Then I looked at Lydia, and I'm going to get into some points. I got three points, I promise you, and I'm in good time. I didn't hear no mention of Mr. Lydia. (laughs) I heard no mention of Mr. Lydia. So that must have meant that, that, that either she was a widow or she had never been married before. Or she was just very authoritative in who she was. Uh, and I want to say she was confident in who she was. And sometimes people can be, um, uh, uh, people can be intimidated by confident people. I'm serious. Men and women. You find a confident woman... And sometimes people don't know how to handle it. You find a confident man and sometimes they say they're arrogant or they think they know it all. They're just confident. They're confident in who they are. They're confident in what God has placed inside of them. They're confident in their skills and ability. I don't mean any harm. I didn't go to school and get two degrees to not be confident in knowing how to do legal stuff. I did not go and get another degree not to be confident in knowing how to be an administrator. Why not be confident? God has given me the ability. He's given me the know-how. I'm telling. So I'm going to be confident in that area. Stop dumbing ourselves. We have to stop dumbing ourselves down. Y'all following me? I'm being honest. Uh, 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 Sister Thelma over here, she know how to work with kids and she is gifted to work with kids. 
And it's like she can be confident in the fact of knowing how to deal with a, a child. And she told me one day the child went striking off across the street. And she told me so calmly, I think I would have been spazzing. But she said, you better go get him. But that's confidence because she has been trained in that area. Pastor Robert has been trained in 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 working with electrical things and like the other night Friday night when the tornado warnings were coming and I'm sitting there looking at him and he's so calm and I'm over here a nervous wreck and I'm like should we go downstairs he was like no not yet and I'm like well wait a minute the wind is blowing and I'm waiting and I'm I'm waiting and and I'm looking at it and it's saying take cover now and you know you got 20 minutes before it hits this area and 20 minutes and I'm looking at him and I'm like can we go now he was like no not yet and so I think five minutes before the deadline and then the winds really started going and I looked at him here and say are we ready to go now he said yeah let's go on now <laughs> and so let me tell you what I did and what he did he's confident And because he's worked in that type of atmosphere, he's worked in that type of weather. I wasn't confident. And so I couldn't be confident in him knowing that he knew what he knew. And I was letting fear come in. And so I, you know, we have this little cubby hole up under our staircase and that's our little safe place. Well, I didn't want to go in there because he hadn't checked it out yet. And, 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 and my, my great nephews have a table and a chair up under there. Well, I didn't, I didn't want to go in there. So I cleaned out the downstairs closet. I had stuff out on the floor everywhere. I'm in the closet. Pastor Robert's over there near the window, peeping out the window. He was confident because he was like, look, I have nothing to worry about until I hear a roaring train. See, I'm, I'm going crazy over the wind blowing. And God said, what, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Pastor Robert was at ease in Zion because he hadn't heard. And then he woke up the next morning. He was like, are you going to put the stuff back in the closet? Yeah, I can put it back in there now. But I panicked because I wasn't confident. So what, where am I going? We have to learn to be confident in what God has placed inside of us. Don't let anybody say anything else to you that God has not said. Don't let nobody talk down to you. Don't let nobody say that you can't. If God gave it to you, then you can do it. Lydia. Lydia was strong. She didn't let anybody talk down to her. And I'm sure that there was women haters out there where she was at. Think about it. I'm sure that there was, what she thinks she's doing. I'm sure she received opposition from men. They said she was a prominent businesswoman. She was making money. She was balling, y'all. She was making it. So what can we learn from our text here. Let's look at point number one. In order to learn and to learn where God wants us to go from our text, we have to understand Lydia positioned herself. Lydia positioned herself. Acts 
16 verses 13 and 14. Hallelujah. They can come on in. Acts 16 and 13. Come on in. Position yourself. So Acts 13, uh, 16, 13 and 14 says, Acts 16 says, let's look what it says. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people who would uh, where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. Remember, this is Paul, Silas, and, and Peter, and some other men. And it says, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. Lydia was in position. Lydia was in position. There are times that God cannot move in our life because we're out of position. God sends people to certain, to particular areas, but we are out of place. God sends our blessing to a particular area, but we're out of place. We're all over here trying to do something over here that God has not even assigned you to do. You're trying to fulfill somebody else's assignment. And over here, God says, this is where your blessing is. Y'all been there? Your blessing is waiting over here. But you're over there. Because you want to run and to, I want to do it. Or it may be you're moving too slow. Suppose Lydia was not down at the riverbank. Suppose she decided that I'm going to stay home from church today. Because I'm tired. I don't feel like going out and praying today. Guess what? She would have missed the encounter that she had with Paul, which was a very important one. Think about it. In this whole chapter, Lydia is one that has been pointed out. This woman of God. And we have to understand the culture of that day. The culture of that day was that women were not really regarded as much. That's the culture. Understand. See, sometimes we want to bring it to today's culture. So she was in position. And we have to position ourselves for the opportunities that God wants to bring our way. Number two. Number two, we have to have an open heart. Let's look at Acts 16 and 14. Acts 16 and 14, have an open heart. Acts 16 and 14 says, one of them was Lydia from Thyatar, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. I want to stop right there. Who worshiped God? As she listened to us, Paul and, and the rest of the, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. Now, wait a minute. Me and Pastor Robert was having this discussion about worshiping God. Well, we have to, that's why I said we have to look at the culture. The culture was there was Jews and there was Gentiles. There was worship. And if you go over into Revelations and read about the, uh, 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 when, when God addresses the churches, he addresses the churches of Thyatira and he talks about the Jezebel spirit. And he said some of them were worshiping the Jezebel spirit. Some of them were worshiping idols. And so when we look at it here, 
uh, uh, when we think of the term worship, we look at reverence and we look at we're bowing down to God and God is the only one who we are focused on. But in this text here, uh, uh, Lydia, she believed in God, but having a true experience with God, she had not yet had. Y'all understand where I'm coming from? Lydia knew about God. She said, I'm not going to worship Jezebel. I'm not going to worship this little idol, this little pencil that you put up for me to say and to bow down. I don't believe in worshiping that, but I believe that there is a God. And so until I find something different, until I understand something different, I'm going to choose this. So she was connected, but yet not connected. There are times that we are connected, but yet not connected. Even here in the church, even in, 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 in the body of Christ, people, you know, we were raised and going to church. And, and I was raised going to church. So I knew from a little age to be in church. I knew to be in church. I see the babies here. I knew to be in church. But had I, I didn't know nothing about being saved. I just knew I got my nice little dress on on Sunday mornings and I went to church and I better not get in church because back then mama would pinch you so hard. And they had them hard pews, them wooden pews. I knew about it, but I didn't have an encounter or an experience with the true and living God. And so this is what it's saying. And, and when you do some research, Lydia was what you call a proselyte. And Lydia was, uh, 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 she was uh, a keeper of the gate, meaning that she was there and she was, um, she was in, but she was not in. She was out, but she was not out. And it says that she worshiped the true and living God. But it says that Paul and them, through their, their talking, her heart, was opened up. Holy Spirit had opened up her heart. Holy Spirit opened up her heart. Listen to this. When I started looking at the opening of the heart, um, it's a dangerous thing. Because when our heart is open, we're open to being hurt. We're open to being disappointed. Think about when you have heart surgery. And if that doctor don't, 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 if, if instruments are not sterile, when they do heart surgery on you, there's a chance that infection can get in. And sometimes our heart becomes infected by life. Our heart becomes infected because we've opened up our heart to people that God said, no, you shouldn't have opened up your heart to. Listen to what Proverbs uh, uh, 4 and 23 says. It says, 4 and 23 says, guard your heart. He said, what? Guard your heart above all else. Everything, I don't care what you do, the most important thing for you to do is to guard your heart. There's nothing that's more important than guarding your heart. Why? Because the last verse says, because for it determines the course of your life. So when your heart is hurting, think about this. When your heart has been broken, you find it hard to love somebody that God has sent into your life. It's determining the course of your life. 
if your heart has been disappointed or if your heart uh 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 uh, I was we were uh, watching. I was watching something one day, and it was talking about uh, child molestation. So, as a child, a child has a tender heart, and if a child's heart has been damaged at that age, it determines the course of their life. They begin to see life through a different lens. Am I correct? Because their heart has been affected, it determines the course of life. But see, the thing of it is. Is that how do we guard our heart? And, and I'm going to digress for a moment. I'm still in the in God's business woman. You know, we have to have an open heart. But how can we have an open heart, God, if you're telling us to guard it? So how do we guard our heart? We guard our heart by accepting the truth of God. Look at Romans 1 and 25. Romans 1 and 25 says they traded the truth about God for a what? For a lie. God gives you the truth, but you trade it for the lies of the enemy. And it says, so they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself. We have traded during this day and time the truth. The worship things, the cell phones, the cars, the job, those are created things. And we are trading it. We're worshiping that. We're worshiping people instead of worshiping the creator himself. He's worthy of our praise. Don't trade the truth that God has placed inside of you. Don't trade it for a lie. We guard our hearts by accepting the truth that God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the truth. God says that his, the truth of the matter is, is that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's the truth. I can't do it. Yes, you can. The, uh, another truth is, is, is that uh, 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 out of your mouth shall flow rivers of living water. You know, you sow what you reap. What you say out of your mouth will produce a harvest. That's the truth. But we trade it by saying negative things in our life and we're wondering why negative things are happening. What are you saying out of your mouth? You're saying a lie over your soul. I'll never get any better. I'm never going to be any better. I'm never going to. If that's the way you feel, that's not what God says. That's not what God says. God says that you are my child. You are my heir. So what he, what he has, I have. Mm. We guard our hearts by setting boundaries. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6.13. It says, be on guard. Why would we have to be on guard? We have to be on guard because there's an opportunity. The word says to be on guard. So that means if we have to be on guard, that means there is an opportunity or, or, or means that something may come in to try to attack our heart. It says, stand firm in what? In the faith. What you know. Be strong. Be courageous. Stand firm. Listen to this. I I, I was thinking about boundaries. And boundaries are not walls. See, walls, we put up walls around our heart after it has been damaged and hurt. and, and, And we gave it all to someone. 
And, you know, we thought that this person would never leave us, never forsake us. We thought that this person was going to be here forever. You know, and, and so even in my grief with my mom, I had to be careful that I didn't put up walls against God. Lord, why did you take her so suddenly? Why did you take her so young? I mean, I, I had these conversations. You know, I don't understand it, God. You know, other mothers are living longer than this. You know, I could have gotten angry, but I chose not to put up a wall. See, walls, boundaries are not walls. What do I mean? Think about it like this. If, if, if you ever travel down 64 going over the high rise bridge, they're doing construction. Or have you ever been somewhere where Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel right now? The, the lanes have, they have literally shifted the lanes. They, they painted new lanes because why? It's a boundary. They, they have moved some boundaries because they are paving a way for something new. They're paving the way for something new. And sometimes when we set boundaries in our life, it can be confusing for those who we set boundaries against. What do I mean a boundary? You're not going to talk to me like that anymore. You're not going to treat me that way anymore. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not because what that was not healthy the way I was allowing you to enter into my heart. I'm guarding my heart, and, but I'm doing it out of love. I'm setting this boundary out of love. I'm saying that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a woman of God. I'm a man of God. And so I choose that you don't talk to me or treat me. That's a boundary and you are guarding your heart. Right? And so in the long run, going back to road construction, after All of the boundaries have been set and the lanes have been shifted. What they are literally doing is preparing for a new road to be developed. That's going to be better than the one that they tore down. So when you set a boundary in your life, you are preparing the way for better. People may not understand it, but say, Lord, who do I need to set some boundaries with? Who do I need to say, look, you're not, you, you can't, my door is not a revolving door anymore. You grown. Time you do your own thing. You're not going to pull on my heartstrings anymore. I'm serious. We got to set boundaries. Last one is guard our heart by seeking God. Romans 12 and 2 says, don't copy the behaviors of custom of the world, but let God transform you. And to a new person by changing the way that you think. How we guard our heart is allowing, is seeking God and say, God, protect my heart. Protect my heart. Because God is our best protection. And my last point as I wrap up, when I'm talking about being God's businesswoman. Number one, it was position yourself for opportunities. Number two, it was have an open heart. Number three is be a positive, a person of positive influence. Look at, look at what this is. Acts 16 and 15, it says, Lydia, she, she and her household were baptized. Not only was her family baptized, she asked us, her guest, Paul, 
If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. She was persuasive. She was a person. She would be able to be, she was influential. What does the word influence mean? The word influence means the ability to produce an effect on others and events. All of us are able to be influenced or to be influential. Think about it. You have an influence on somebody or someone. Seriously. The other part of that uh, says the power or authority to change a situation or action by gradual process or gentle act. You have the ability inside of you. You have the power inside of you to change your situation. You don't like what's going on in your life. You have the ability to change it. You don't have, you're not a puppet. You're not a robot. I don't see nobody over on the controls. You have the ability to change the course of direction in your life. But it's what do you choose? You have a positive influence over yourself. Matthew uh, uh, 13, it says, if we're the salt of the earth, you know, uh, we are the salt of the earth. So you don't like what's going on around you. Then what you need to do is get salty. Get salty. How do we get salty? We get salty by the word of God. By studying the word of God. You know, if, if somebody has, if, if you put too much salt in something, it, it, they can't stand it, right? So if you get really, really salty, some of the things that's hanging on to you can't hang on. <laughs> it says, it, it, it can't, and if it loses its saltiness, it's no good. It's trampled underfoot. You know, you, you're the lamp. You're the light of the world. So why do you, why do you continually put up with darkness? You don't have to. You're the light of the world. You're, you're the lamp. The Bible said, the word says this. It says that you are the light of the world like a city on top. You're the light. So walk around and say, uh, every piece of darkness that's around me has to flee because I'm the light of the world. This is truth. This is the truth. And so start speaking the truth to you in your situation. Don't allow yourself to be influenced in the wrong way. Lydia was so influential that her whole family, we don't know how many was in her, in, in her family, but it said that she was so influential that her whole family was baptized. Her whole family, what she said, and she also was able to persuade Paul and them to come and to stay at her house. That must have meant that she had a big house. So, I'm saying use your influence. Use your influence. So as I close, lessons from Lydia. Lydia was humble and teachable. Are you humble and are you teachable? Lydia was honest and forgiving. I'm sure she had some haters. But she was honest with herself and with others. She was full of compassion. If she wasn't, she wouldn't have asked Paul to come stay at her house. She wouldn't even have went to her family. She would have kept it to herself. And then lastly, she sought God, God and desired his will. She heard what Paul said. 
She received it in her heart. And she said, I got to make a change. I'm not close enough. I got to get closer. So, position yourself for opportunities. Keep an open heart. Have an open heart. And be a person of positive influence. Let's bow our heads. Father, we praise you. We thank you, God. I dare not close out this moment without saying, Father, if there's anyone that under the sound of my voice or who is watching us on live stream that wants to be like Lydia, they're, they're, they're teeter-tottering, but they want a closer walk with you. They want to know you more. We pray for them right now and we just ask if you're that person, just say, Lord, I want a closer relationship with you. I, I want you to come into my heart. I want to get to know you better. I want you, I, I want, I want you to forgive me for all of my sins. Father, I just want to grow in you. I want to be a person of influence. God, I've been so hurt in my heart. I've put walls around my heart. But right now I say that I'm not going to put those walls up any longer. But Father, I am going to, to, to set boundaries and allow you to break down the walls and heal my heart. I pray, God, I've been, uh, 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 maybe you're one that has been being influenced by negative influences. And so I say right now that every negative influence be broken from your life now in the name of Jesus. Every generational curse be broken from your life in the name of Jesus. And that you begin to be surrounded with people who, who can love on you and who could be a positive influence on you, who can encourage you in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you and we praise you for today. We thank you for loving us. We thank you, Father, for giving us uh, 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 the status that we have in you. And Lord, we are hungry for you. Help us to be even hungrier for you. And as we are hungrier for you, Father, you said that you would feed us. So let us be hungry for you, more for you, and less of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Those who are on live stream. Thank you for being with us on today. We love you. We look forward to seeing you. You want to come back on Wednesday, come back on Wednesday for an hour. Or if not, you can uh, join us again on next Sunday in person or online in person starts at 10 o'clock. So um, we are just going to um we pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. All the mothers, all the women, all the women. Thank you, my sister. You speak English? Okay. You speak English? Yeah. You got to help mommy out. We're looking to get a Spanish interpreter in here for us, okay? You can be that Spanish interpreter. <laughs> yes, and you can too. Yeah, look, seriously.